Welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm Shireen Oberg and I'm a yoga teacher and author devoted to the path of healing and heart-based living. And I want to help you to step into what you truly are and to your highest potential. On this podcast, I share with you tools and insights to help you move ever forward on your spiritual and healing path. With guests from all over the world, from different wisdom traditions, I wish to create a web of loving energy that permeates the whole world to create more love and peace. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for more guidance and love. Hi, Diana. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sharon. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm so happy to have you back here. I don't know how many times we've had a conversation on this podcast anymore. It's been many times and it's so fun to listen to you as a very uh, experienced and knowledgeable astrologer. And I love hearing your uh, astrological interpretations and insights. So I'm really excited uh, to have you here today. And we're going to talk about the venus and mars dance and union which is so beautiful in so many aspects so maybe you want to start by introducing yourself to those listeners that might have not heard any of our previous podcasts maybe share who you are and what you do sure um so my name is diana wesley i have an evolutionary astrology business called north node coach And um, my astrology primarily centers around the north and south nodes of the moon. Um, It's a branch of astrology that kind of looks at the evolution of our soul over kind of many lifetimes. So where are we coming from in our spiritual, in our soul evolution? Where are we now and what are we growing toward? How are we evolving over the course of this lifetime? Um, I also work quite a bit with goddesses within astrology. So um, kind of in the traditional planets, Venus is the only planet named after a feminine deity and the Roman goddess of love who we'll be talking about today. Um, And then the moon has kind of a a feminine archetypal quality, but the other planets are all associated with masculine deities. So I pull in a lot of, um, you know, goddess asteroids and dwarf planets and kind of feminine archetypes within astrology to help all people, but but women in particular, kind of round out their story and their experience of the feminine, um, again, kind of through this this lens of astrology um, to better understand themselves, their journey, the stories and archetypes and myths they're working with and so on. Um, So that's kind of me in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I love Uh, the work you do with the goddesses and it's so insightful and I have just yes since most recently and I think after you did my reading really gotten into that because it gives so much more uh, depth and and perspective to work with with the asteroids and the goddesses in astrology it's beautiful and I think all of us have felt the energy of the past month or one and a half months or almost two months, we've been having Venus so prominent uh, in a way. And I think that if we're tuned into a frequency 
uh, it's like dialing into something we actually feel it a little bit more maybe in our lives and I think that for me personally these different Venus journeys that have has been going on with her retrogrades and everything that's happened at start point it's been really intense and uh, what I thought was so beautiful is that now as we have her moving forward and Mercury we've had so many like intense retrograde energies and it's been really felt I think for most of us that things haven't really moved forward in in a way that it usually does it's been very uh, very intense and now we have this uh, beautiful yeah like a divine union between the masculine and feminine happening so I would love for you to share the astrological meaning of Venus and Mars and what this time period now means for us and yeah how you see it yeah um I'm glad that you brought up kind of the backstory of where Venus has been because we have been working with her pretty actively lately she was retrograde um which means there was some kind of rethinking some dipping into the past with regards to Venus's energy with regards to the feminine with regards to relationships and love with regards to value and our self-value and our self-worth and worthiness and so on um, a lot has been coming up around that since December basically of 2021 um, when she entered her pre-retrograde shadow she was retrograde from late December through most of January um, and just recently stationed direct but now she's still um, in her what we call a post-retrograde shadow um, which means she hasn't reached the point in the sky the point in Capricorn where she started her retrograde journey um, once she passes that which will happen in early March, where we're kind of finally past that retrograde journey. But for now, we're still working with some energies from the past. We're still digesting. We're still processing. Um, we're still coming up against some of our our shadows, some of our wounds is represented by our experience of Venus. Um, again, our experience of love, relationships, the feminine worthiness um, she also kind of taps into our creativity and our artistic talents and our belief in those things as well as our belief in our ability to create financial stability for ourselves and abundance for ourselves so all of those things have kind of been at play lately um, so with venus and mars coming together um, there's quite a few ways of looking at this. Um, one is, is, you know, Mars kind of represents the masculine, the divine masculine, with Venus representing the divine feminine. Um, Mars is this yang, active, um, independent, individuated energy. Mars tends to be kind of a solo act, but he's naturally balanced by Venus. And so that's why he feels called to partner with and work with her. 
um, is because there's this, this sense that without Venus, Mars is incomplete and vice versa. So, um, so again, Mars has this very masculine quality, whereas Venus is again, this representation of the feminine. So we have this kind of sacred marriage of the two, this coming together right now. Um, and we're being asked again, because Venus has been retrograde, retrograde energies really call us within, they call us to focus on ourselves and, and the way that we're working with energies. So, um, so with Venus and her post-retrograde shadow, the first step is how can we find better balance between the divine feminine and the divine masculine within ourselves? How can we create kind of a, a more harmonious and equal um, marriage between these two sides of ourselves? Um, if we lean a little bit more strongly on the feminine, if we tend to be a bit more dependent, a bit more passive, more receptive, um, then, then maybe we're being called to invite more of the assertive, independent, um, you know, kind of conflictual energy that Mars brings in. If we're always seeking peace in relationships, maybe we need to invite in a little bit of conflict to, to kind of um, evolve our relational experience to make sure our needs are getting met and so on. And same with the other way, if we are kind of solo acts, if we like to be independent, if, um, if we're always kind of asserting ourselves, if we're always kind of living more in our active, um, you know, busy, young energy, then maybe um, there's an opportunity to be more reflective, receptive, passive, and kind of, you know, bring more of that feminine side into our experience. And this is true for men and women, we can easily fall out of balance in either direction. And so just kind of noticing, you know, which do we need to, to kind of level up a little bit um, if, if one has fallen out of balance with the other. Um, I'd also say Mars adds kind of this, this fire to things. And so um, with Venus representing, you know, this, this creative and procreative impulse um, within us, this artistic impulse, Venus on her own can see beauty and it can have this desire to, to create it, to manifest it. But Mars provides kind of the motivation, the energy, the willpower to make it happen, especially Mars and Capricorn. Mars in Capricorn is exalted, which means basically that it really thrives in the sign Capricorn. It takes that fiery energy and has the ability to, to work toward kind of a long-term goal, to, to hold on to a future vision and to steadily work toward it. So if you have, you know, creative visions that have been coming up, artistic ideas, if there's something you want to build, something you want to manifest, um, this, this pairing can really kind of fuel the fire to actually make that happen. Um, again, Mars is active, it helps us take action, make things happen. So there's kind of a nice balance and pairing happening there. Um, two other things to, to think about here. Venus is currently the ruling planet of the North Node in Taurus, and Mars is actually the traditional ruler of the sign Scorpio, which is where the South Node is right now. 
So when we think about the North Node as kind of our evolutionary growth opportunity, something we're working toward, and it's ruling planet kind of guiding us toward that North Node. And we think about the South Node as kind of old karmic patterns, where we've been, where we're coming from, um, kind of old default modes, and also areas where we can kind of get into the shadow sides of an archetype. Um, and then we see Venus and Mars, these two ruling planets of the two, um, coming together, there's some sort of major karmic evolutionary work we're doing right now. Um, they're they're going to be <laughs> also forming a conjunction with Pluto um, on March 3rd. And so, um, so there's, there's some sort of major transformation we're going through where we're being carried a bit into an underworld journey as part of our growth and evolution right now. Um, while there is kind of the, the beauty of this balance, the divine feminine and masculine, there could be some positive things coming up in our relationships with these two coming together. Um, there's also some deep transformative work we're doing, breaking free from old karmic patterns and tendencies. If we have felt deeply unworthy, if we always put ourselves second in relationships, or if we can't enter into relationships, um, loving relationships with ourselves or others because of, you know, past baggage and so on, or if we have major creative blockages, abundance blockages, this is a time where we're going to be asked to do some deep, deep healing. Um, and some deep releasing to kind of open those energies up and shift them going forward. Um, and the final thing I want to share, um, I was actually reading this really interesting article from astrologer Jessica Davidson, and she reminded me that Venus and Mars, well, they were lovers um, in, in Roman mythology, um, but they had offspring, they had children together. And they had um, one named Eros, who is kind of this erotic, passionate desire, um, which is born from the coming together of Venus and Mars. And Eros, um, Eros is kind of a complicated figure in mythology because um, he's also thought to be kind of one of the original gods that existed before anything else in the universe, this divine spark, this passion that um, kind of encouraged the, the coming together of, of different deities of Uranus and Gaia to produce offspring. Um, this, this divine spark that basically, basically created the universe. So that's Eros energy. But Eros is also kind of this erotic, passionate desire that, that again, um, is created by the union of Venus and Mars. Um, and so when we think about that, that's also an energy that's being birthed within, within us right now. How do we work with that passionate, erotic energy? Um, and this isn't purely a sexual thing. This is also, um, you know, a... Um, it's a procreative thing. It, it makes us want to create. It makes us want to look at things in, in new and different ways. It's, it's inspiring. Um, it's like a muse, right? Like something that, that makes us um, want to level up, want to see things in new and different ways, want to create. Um, so, so where is that kind of erotic energy guiding us as well? Where is that divine spark asking us to birth and create something radically new? Um, they also had an offspring named Phobos, who was um, kind of this manifestation of fear and panic. And so what's interesting about that is that, you know, 
there's there's a shadow side of, of Venus and Mars coming together. And um, in this case, the quite literal birthing of, of Phobos, of fear and panic came from the coming together of, of the, the masculine, the feminine, the shadow qualities um, of both. And so, you know, where are we allowing um, fear and panic to kind of take the lead, um, especially with Pluto in the mix, we're going to really need to be thinking about, you know, where we allow fear-based thinking, fear-based feeling um, and emotions to, to really um, guide our path versus um, allowing that kind of more um, divine spark, that sacred energy, that um, joyous, um, ecstatic, blissful energy to, to guide our way forward. Um, so just kind of noticing how these things come up will likely feel a bit of both. Um, there's a bit more astrology happening here, and I'll talk more about the exact conjunctions, but um, I'd love to hear um, what your thoughts and questions are, Sheeran, since I've been talking for a while now. <laughs> yeah, thank you for doing so and to, that you're sharing so many insightful things. I didn't even reflect on the North Node and South Node rulerships and, and how that, yeah, that magic is happening. and then as you said, the, the energy of this transformative path that we're on, it's really felt on a very, I think, a very personal level uh, for many of us. And while you, you've been speaking about this, I have been uh, shuffling these beautiful cards by uh, Megan Watterson, the Divine Feminine Oracle card uh, and I love the arts here as well the the artist is uh, Lisbeth Schiever Gessman and uh, yeah for those of you who are listening to this on a podcast uh, you can also see the, these cards in on a, our YouTube video as well but I'm shuffling just to see since we're working with the divine feminine and Venus I wanted to see if something comes up for us right now that is important at this time uh, and just for you to have like a clear message on what you need to maybe focus on or what you need to hear right now uh, before we continue with the astrological parts. And... Ah, uh, yeah. So we got the Divine Mother, Sharada Devi. This is so beautiful. And yeah, I mean, the Divine Mother, that's like unconditional love exists within me. The presence of love is the absence of judgment. Mm. Yeah, I mean, everyone has been going through transformations and maybe also like crisis or um yeah we've been like you said also like these fears coming up or or anxieties or feeling like the feeling of being either alone or left alone or this comes up this is something that's like us forgetting that um that energy of unconditional love that is always around us it's like we disconnect we forget it's like a fish would be in the ocean and forget 
what it's surrounded by but it's there and we can see it but like we're forgetting it and i think that this card is really uh, a card of just a remembrance for all of us that we can rely on the embrace of the divine mother which is something that has birthed everything um so i really love this card and uh, I think that the message is very clear for us. What we need now, if we do feel this tension or feeling fears or feeling worries about anything, and we are going through massive transformations that we're always held and guided by the divine mother, like unconditional love, which we can then give to ourselves because we are an, like the embrace of her as well. I love that. I, I think a lot of us need that right now, especially with um, so much of this playing out in Capricorn, where we can be quite hard on ourselves and practice a lot of self-denial instead of kind of giving ourselves what it is we need in the present moment. Um, and so, so that's a really nice balance. And actually, as we're recording this, we have the moon moving through cancer. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so kind of leaning into to more of that nurturing, loving energy. And, um, you know, in our last podcast together, we talked about how um, the moon is exalted in Taurus, which is where the North Node is right now. Um, and so, so to me, there's this quality um, with Taurus, not only of, of bringing in that Venus energy, that, that loving, harmonious, peaceful, creative energy, but also, um, you know, bringing in that, that lunar, um, unconditionally loving, sensitive, intuitive energy as well. Um, mm -hmm. And that will actually play out in, in one of the, the kind of major conjunctions happening around um, this Venus-Mars ongoing conjunction. Um, a quick note there. So usually when Venus and Mars come together, it, it usually happens about once a year um, for 10 days. This time it's lasting for about two months. Um, and so because Venus was recently retrograde, she's moving more slowly through the sky um, and, and kind of like still picking up speed, kind of getting back to her normal clip. Um, that means this Venus-Mars conjunction is, um, is something that we have time to work with. So kind of coming back to that, you know, divine mother unconditionally loving, um, even this Taurus North node, there's this reminder that we have time. We don't have to figure it all out today. We, you know, can be sensitive with ourselves, caring for ourselves. We can move slowly. That North node in Taurus really encourages that. We can take our time with these things. Um, it's not a race, you know, it's, it's something where we can, um, you know, honor our own process with it all. Um, and the conjunctions will be exact of, of Venus and Mars coming together um, on the 16th of February. So this upcoming Wednesday, right before the full moon in Leo. Um, and that one will be at 16 degrees of Capricorn. And then Venus is going to fall behind Mars again um, for a couple of weeks. And they'll make a second conjunction on March 5th 
um, slash sixth, depending on your time zone. Um, and that'll be at the zeroth degree, the, the very first degree of Aquarius. Um, so we'll be finally past the, the Venus post-retrograde shadow. We'll be moving into a new energy. Um, things should feel like they're starting to really kind of take off and move forward at that time. Um, so I'd, I'd say the first conjunction is still going to be more of this, this deep inner work, this clearing of old karmas um you know there's going to be a lot of rethinking and reworking that we're doing around our own experience of that again kind of sacred marriage of the divine masculine and feminine within us um, and then with the second conjunction, I sense that we may be able to use that energy in a more extroverted way. This is where we really start to create and birth new things. Um, so, so that's kind of one way of thinking about having these two different conjunctions. Um, on the 26th of February slash 27th, again, depending on time zone, we're gonna have um, Venus and Mars coming together with Vesta, um, uh, an asteroid goddess, as well as the moon at 24 degrees Capricorn. And, um, you know, this brings up with Vesta, you know, what is it that we truly hold to be sacred? Um, you know, how can we ritualize that? How can we devote ourselves to it? Can we invite some rituals into our lives that that honor the, the divine masculine and feminine that that help us create more balance? What are those rituals that, that will support our journey? Can we turn within under that conjunction as well? Esther really invites us to, to look within versus looking at the outer world. Um, if things are happening in our relationships at that time after the first conjunction, can we come back to ourselves versus projecting um, or trying to fix the things that are happening outside of us. Um, and with the moon present, again, there's this, this quality of, of our soul um, kind of wanting to speak to us. Um, you know, this, this very sacred part of us, our sacred flame, our inner fire with Vesta, and kind of our soul yearnings coming through with the moon there. Um, so again, this is a really fantastic time, this day or this, this these two days, the 26th and 27th to really connect with, you know, the, the yearnings of our soul, that sacred space within us and um, to bring more of that, that sacredness, that soul-centered life into our experience um, and so on. Then on the 3rd of March, um, we have that Venus-Pluto-Mars conjunction happening. And this is Venus's third conjunction to Pluto. Um, she conjoined Pluto before she stationed retrograde. And then while she was retrograde, and this is her final pass over Pluto, final descent into the underworld. This time she has Mars with her. Um, and so from an evolutionary astrology perspective, we have Venus, the North Node ruler, with the two rulers of the South Node, the modern ruler Pluto and the traditional ruler Mars. And so this is definitely a huge event for for releasing the past, releasing old fears, compulsions that limit our feminine nature in some way, that limit our value, that limit our worthiness, that limit our 
limit our creative creativity, our abundance, and so on. Um, but Mars can also be a powerful ally as Venus makes this final descent. Mars can give us courage um, to really confront and, and release the old stuff. The, the things that have been repressed to finally face those, the repressed side of our feminine Venetian nature. Um, so Mars can really help us um, boldly, bravely confront Pluto, um, navigate the underworld and come out on the other side re-empowered. Um, so, so it just depends on how we're working with that energy. We'll probably working with it on some level in like a karmic clearing way and on some level on a um, courageous, empowered, energized um, warrior kind of activating that inner warrior way. Um, so, so that's kind of the, the major key dates that we're going to be working with. And through the end of March, um, we're going to be feeling this conjunction of Venus and Mars. Um, they'll be within five degrees of each other, you know, as they move through Aquarius um, in March. And then we'll finally separate in April as, as Venus moves on into Pisces and Mars stays in Aquarius for a bit longer. Um, but this will be you know, an ongoing energy, we have our time to work through it and with it. Um, so no rush, <laughs> feel into it, allow it. <laughs> yeah, that is so uh, amazing that so much is happening. And this is like, yeah, like you said, over a time period. So it's not just like one day and then it's gone. It's really giving us time to uh, work with it, dive into it, integrate, and and see how how it can uh, become an important um, uh, part of our path. Because I also think that if you are listening to this episode, there is a message here because it's not a coincidence that you're getting this information right now. So I think that that's important to uh, keep in mind and definitely write down the dates and. <laughs> like listen to this and see like our things maybe in retrospective you will look back and see how it's played out and maybe you're feeling it also so I think that's beautiful and uh, yeah I mean we're also so after this um, Aquarian season I really love the Pisces uh, weeks that we have every year me and too yeah and that that is also like so dreamy so intuitive and we're going into that and the, the, this feminine uh, energy very soon so it's going to be like yeah really taking every all the lessons of this more stable grounded place that we've been like getting these messages from and and things that we have to look at and then we enter this phase of going in intuitively and like transcending all of this because I mean in everything that we're doing here in in this form of life that we're in right now it's it's all like changing and it's temporary and then how we're constantly learning how to transcend and to like move in between the embodiment and the transcendence of the physical experience so yeah I'm looking forward to that and everything that's 
moving forward now. And regarding the astrology, did you want to take a look at how it could affect people's personal uh, as because that's one an important thing that an astrological event doesn't affect us all in the same way because we're so unique. We have a unique blueprint and it's going to be in so many different areas of our lives and in so many different ways. So uh, yeah, you can go ahead and share a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the first thing to do with Venus and Mars with this conjunction is to look at your birth chart and see what the natural relationship is between Venus and Mars there. And so um, if you've never looked at a birth chart before, you can pull them up for free at astro.com. That's A-S-T-R-O.com. And, um, and get a feel for, for, you know, where Venus and Mars are in your charts. What sign are they in? Um, what you know, aspect are they making to one another, if any. Um, personally, I have Venus in Scorpio and Mars in Capricorn. Um, they're making generally a pretty harmonious aspect to one another, um, but they're also the ruling planets of my North and South Node with my North Node in Aries. Mars is my North Node ruler and Venus is my South Node ruler for my South Node in Libra. So they also have this um, karmic relationship Relationship, where I'm coming from, um, where I'm going, and so on. And so, um, so, so kind of just, just diving into the story there. And of course, if, you know, this is too much information, or if it feels too overwhelming, um, you're always welcome to reach out to me or to other astrologers. There's lots of helpful information online as well, and in different astrology books. Um, but again, starting with your own Venus and Mars, what's their relationship to one another? What are they doing? How do you experience them? Then you can look at what houses in your chart and um, the houses are kind of the 12 slices that the chart gets divided up into with little numbers on the inside. What houses are these conjunctions of Venus and Mars happening in? So again, the first one is going to be at 16 degrees Capricorn. Where does 16 degrees of the sign Capricorn fall in your birth chart? What house is it in? That'll tell you kind of the stage, the environment, the area of life um, that will be impacted by this, um, the first conjunction. Then the second conjunction is at zero degrees of Aquarius. So that, that very first degree of Aquarius, where does that fall in your birth chart? What house does it fall in? Another thing you can look at is any aspects. Again, um, aspects are like the relationships between planets. Um, what aspects are these conjunctions making to other planets in your chart? So for me personally, I have um, the first conjunction sitting on my natal Mars in my birth chart. Um, and so that means that my Mars energy is really being called um, into action or into play right now. Um, I 
I sense <laughs> for me personally, um, I'm really being called into that Mars energy to be a bit more courageous, um, to more courageously work with my creative energies, um, to get comfortable maybe bringing them to a broader audience in the ninth house. Um, I've been wanting to do some traveling, also a ninth house thing, exploring higher education, but I've been feeling indecisive, which can be more of a Venus thing, um, whereas Mars is very decisive and action oriented. So I sense this first conjunction for me is gonna be really inviting me to make some decisions, to take some action around some of these, you know, Venetian passions that I have and, um, and creative goals. Um, for Sheeran, her um, first conjunction is going to fall in her fifth house um, of joy and romance and play and creative self-expression. Um, it's a, a house that really calls kind of um, it calls us to explore our full range of gifts and talents and to really kind of develop those and bring those into the world. Um, and it's also going to be sitting exactly opposite her son in Cancer in the 11th house. And so, you know, there's lots of ways of, of interpreting that, but um, maybe there are some creative gifts and talents that she's being asked to develop right now um, that, that, you know, Mars is kind of fueling the fire behind so that she can bring those out to the collective, out to the world in the 11th house um, in, in a, a, a new and different way, or maybe bringing some new, new talents and gifts out there. Um, another way of thinking about it is, you know, maybe there's been a lot of emphasis on the world at large, at the collective needs, um, at bringing this, this Cancerian, this sensitive, intuitive, nurturing energy out to the world. And now maybe there's an opportunity to kind of, you know, focus and bring more of that energy back to her own um, needs, her own romance, her own relationship. Um, and, you know, the fifth house is also this, this creative and procreative space, maybe back to her, her body's creative or, or procreative centers. Um, so, so different ways of thinking about that. But again, with that first conjunction, where does 16 degrees of Capricorn fall? What is it doing? And the second one, 11 or one degree, zero degrees <laughs> of the sign Aquarius. Um, for me personally, it falls right on my mid heaven um, in my 10th house of career. And so maybe that's a time where I really need to start um, again, bringing some of these creative energies, like manifesting them, putting some energy and courage behind them into my career. For Sharon, it falls right at the start of her sixth house. Maybe she's going to be inviting some new rituals and routines in that balance that masculine and feminine energy. The sixth house is also associated with inequality. And so maybe there's going to be a stronger call to fight for gender equality or to fight for equality of the masculine, the feminine in some way. Um, lots of different ways of thinking about this, but but learning about the houses that these, these placements are falling in, um, understanding um, kind of how they're going to influence and impact you can be really helpful for working with this conjunction or set of conjunctions rather. Um, 
What are, you, what are your thoughts on that, Sharon, um, since I just shared some things in your chart as the example? <laughs> yeah, thank you for doing so. And I think that it, it really helps us to focus when we're looking into our own chart and seeing how that can manifest. And I definitely feel the energy of these two places that you mentioned and, and how, how the focus... I really loved uh, the the thought that I would uh, focus, like take the focus from the collective and then in and these, these new rituals and uh, yeah, new, new routines. I really love that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's needed as well. So I'm looking forward to that and seeing how that plays out because we can kind of predict a little bit, but then we don't know exactly how it's going to, like yeah. shape and form and that's also exciting that's part of life so yeah, yeah I, I really love that uh, everything that you shared so thank you so much you're welcome and you know with Vesta and the moon at play um, in some of these conjunctions and with Pluto there as well our hearts and our souls and our you know some really deep parts of us are going to be calling us forward so we don't necessarily need to anticipate it right now um if you're curious you can look into it but the actual answers are going to be arriving from deep within us from experiences that we have um and like you said you don't know how it will show up until you get there um but astrology can be kind of a useful guide especially you know during the more challenging times you know when yeah, when maybe you feel like you're losing some hope or like things are just so hard during some of the transformation. Um, Just kind of knowing where this is falling in your chart, why this is happening. Maybe there's some bigger reason, something greater unfolding um, that's to come. That's where astrology, especially for things like this, can be um, particularly helpful. Yeah. That was amazing. I really loved everything that you shared. And I'm definitely going to listen back and and take some more notes. Uh, So thank you so much for sharing that. And if anyone has questions, uh, they can reach out to both of us. If they want like a personal reading, they can also connect with you because I think that that can help them to go much more deeper. And is there anything else you want to share uh, before we end this episode? Um, Just thank you so much for having me on again, Sharon. It's always so lovely connecting with you. And and yeah, to everyone else, just take care. Um, You know, things have not been super easy lately. And while we do have some really exciting and inspiring energies like Jupiter moving through Pisces, Um, we're also working through some some deeper, heavier stuff. Um, so remember to come back to your body, take care of yourself, slow down, love yourself, accept the, the phase you're in in your journey and know that, you know, you'll get wherever you're meant to be mm. when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's there's no rush. There's no um, no need to judge yourself and um, just just trust that things are unfolding the way they're meant to right now um and yeah and take care of yourselves (laughs) thank you so much again diana i really appreciate everything that you share and yeah can't wait to speak soon again so thank you
You're welcome. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.